All right, good evening and welcome to the Gen Z Patriots podcast. I'm your host, Kenny Kapikian. Um, this is our sister episode. Our earlier episode was uh, episode six, so this will be episode seven. We're going to talk about a couple of the speeches from last night's night three of the Democratic National Convention. Um, we heard from um, Barack Obama and Kamal Harris, or who we're going to focus on in this uh, episode. But first, I want to talk about Hillary Clinton. Okay, she spoke last night. The one thing that she said was Joe Biden could could win by three million votes and still not be president. Um, trying to encourage the base to go out and vote. But I'm, I'm, the way she said it kind of struck me because it was he could win by 3 million votes. And she said by, from personal experience, she thinks she won. She said that she, she thinks she won last, last election. Uh, and I, you know, I start to think and maybe she's convinced that she's the president. I, I, I don't know. Um, it's kind of like Stacey Abrams. Uh, I, there's probably, uh, I swear they're, they're like people tell call them like Madam president and, you know, and, and they just, I don't know. They can't affi- accept defeat. Um, but other than that, she didn't really live in the past. All right, we're going to go into Barack Obama's speech here. And it's important to know that there was not really a single truthful statement that was said in the entire 15-minute speech. Um, some, like, logical fallacies, I'd say, but no no truth. Um lies, um, deceit, irony, you know, the usual from them. So I'm going to go basically line by line through every lie and talk about it. Okay. Now, the one part he got right was he said, I'm in Philadelphia, which is where he was. And that's where our constitution was drafted. It was that, that is correct. Now he said that the constitution was not a perfect document. Quote, it was not a perfect document. It allowed for the inhumanity of slavery. That is false. The document, the founding documents are perfect. This is what we call a logical fallacy. Okay. Um, he's giving us the sins of the authors of the documents, but not, not the sins of the document. He is not pointing out where the documents are wrong. The wrong was that it wasn't until the Republicans took took power and the, the Republicans ended the Civil War and until the Republicans ended Jim Crow that we as a nation actually lived up to the words of the Constitution. The document wasn't wrong. He's telling us, he's explaining the sins, like I said, of the authors, but he's not giving the sins of the document. He hasn't told us where the document was wrong. Okay, we weren't living up to it for about 200 years, a little under 200 years, but that's not telling us that the document was wrong. Okay, and that's why I love the story of the Republican Party, which was founded in 1854 as an anti-slavery party. In 1860, we we, uh, elected our first Republican president, Abe Lincoln, which ended the Civil War, which thank God he did. Okay, it ended slavery, abolished slavery. Um, and then there's the big hoax of the uh, big switch and the party switching. It's been disproven from everybody from uh, Ben Shapiro to the University of Pennsylvania. And we'll go through that in another episode.
Um, then he says, quote, but embedded in this document was a North Star that would guide future generations, a system of representative government, a, a democracy through which we could better realize our highest ideals. <clears throat> Wrong. Okay. Now, most of that statement is correct, except for the part where he interjects a democracy. That is incorrect. We are not a democracy here. We are a republic. Okay. Important distinction. Okay. 50, in a democracy, 51% of a vote, 51% of the population can control the other 49. That is not how things work here. Okay. Okay. That's, that's why you need a, need a supermajority in the Senate, 60% 60, 60 of the Senate when you want to pass a bill through the Senate. And you, you need, unless you utilize the nuclear option. Um, and then you need, um, And then you need 66% um, of the states to ratify the Constitution, change the Constitution, and uh, you know move amendments around, add amendments, uh, get rid of amendments, whatever, what have you. Uh, then he goes on, um, the one constitutional office elected by all the people is the presidency. So at a minimum, I would... Uh, we should expect the president to feel a sense of responsibility for the safety and welfare of all 33 million of us, regardless of what we look like, how we worship, who we love, how much money we have, or who we voted for. Okay, let's go through this, okay? Safety and welfare of all 330 million people. Uh, how does Trump not look out for that? All right. Regardless of what we look like, how we worship, it's not Trump shutting down church service in the states. No, that's uh, that's uh, Democrats. That's um, Gavin Newsom in California stopping uh, church services while while well, mosque services are okay. They should all be okay. And uh, you know the DNC is having him speak tonight. So I mean, what does that say? All right. Um, who we love. Well, Donald Trump is the first ever pro-LGBT president of all time. Okay. It was Obama and Biden that says, no, Biden said, uh, you know, Barack nor I, Barack and I uh, see marriages between a man and a woman. All right. Trump says, quote, we need to protect our LGBT citizens of this country. All right. Uh, how much money we have or who we voted for. Really? I I seem to, I don't think it was Trump that weaponized the IRS and FBI against conservatives. No, that was Barack Obama. All right. Uh, we're going to move on to. I did hope for the sake of our country that Donald Trump might show some interest in taking the job seriously. That he might come to feel the weight of the office and discover some reverence for the democracy that we have been that we've placed in his care. Now, democracy, we've already talked about that. But some interest in taking the job seriously. How does this guy, who virtually did nothing for eight years, want to talk about Trump 
not taking the job seriously. You go to you go to trumpwhitehouse.org or .gov and you're going to see a list of accomplishments. You go to obamawhitehouse.gov, I think it is, you're going to see his list of accomplishments. His in 8 years dwarfs in comparison to Trump's in three and a half. All right? Trump's doing a rally right now outside of Scranton uh, in uh, Old Forge, Pennsylvania and he's talking about tons of accomplishments. Tons of accomplishments you've never even heard talked about, all right? Um and then Obama, it was one of the people who said, hey, if Trump uh, Trump becomes president, we're going to be at wars. We're going to be in wars, you know. He, say, he said uh, in the Oval Office with uh, Trump, he said, you know, North Korea is our biggest threat. They threat, are they? Yeah. I mean, they're denuclearized now, you know, and kind of peaceful. No, no real, uh, they're not like aiming bombs at us or anything. I, I don't know. I don't think we're at war with North Korea. So, uh, you know, Trump handled that. Um, Obama left us ISIS. Trump took care of that in a year. Easy. Wiped them out. Took out the caliphate in Syria. All right. Uh, I guarantee if Hillary Clinton was elected, hey, we, we'd still be dealing with ISIS. All right. Iran, Obama handed Iran $150 billion cash up front. And then Iran got to police themselves. They still built nuclear weapons. All right. It was take the job seriously. Obama should have taken his job seriously. All right. Then he goes on. But he never did. For close to four years now, he's shown no interest in putting in the work. No interest in finding common ground. Well, hang on there, Barack. All right. To me, it looks like Democrats aren't interested in putting in the work. Okay, Donald Trump has tried to come across the aisle on the issues, but if Donald Trump supports something, they have to go against it. Like, for example, we talked about it a little last last episode. Democratic Party has usually been, you know, anti-war. Trump says, "Hey, I'm anti anti-war in Afghanistan," and now the Democrats have to go support that. That should have been something we should have all unanimously been in favor of getting out of Afghanistan, but no. Democrats, you know, they're the war party now. Have fun, have fun with that. All right. Um, no interest in using the awesome power of his office to help anybody but himself and his friends. All right, that's ridiculous. All right, Donald Trump's lost billions of dollars since running for president. All right, while Obama has made millions since and during his presidency, his wife just signed like a two hundred million dollar deal with Netflix. So none of that. That statement's irrelevant. Um, no interest in treating uh, the presidency as anything but more than a reality show that uh, he, he can get, he can use to uh, get attention he deserves. All right, ridiculous claim. Nobody cares. Uh, and the consequences of that failure are severe. One hundred seventy thousand Americans dead, millions of jobs gone. While those at the top, make more than ever. Who's he talking about making more than ever? Jeff Bezos? Hmm. I don't really see him supporting Trump. He's kind of supporting Biden. Uh, you know, Zuckerberg, he's not really big fan of Trump. Uh, so I, I don't know. This is a bunch of, this is a bunch of hoopla. That bumbo jumbo. You know, it's, I give it to them though. It, it, it's hard to unite a party that's elites, like, the richest of the rich people, and then the the bottom, right? I mean, to unite like a party of like the top 0.1% and then the bottom like 
70, 80%. That's like hard to do. I don't know how you unite that. All right. Um, then he goes on. So, um, so let me tell you about my friend, Joe. Um, I seem to have read an article a couple days ago in which, uh, the Obama camp, apparently Obama said, uh, don't count out Joe's ability to still F this up. All right. So the camps, the Obama camp and the, the Biden camp aren't really seeing eye to eye right now, I guess, but you know, they have to, I mean. Uh, then he, and he said, um, Joe's a man who learned early on to treat every person he meets with respect and dignity. Living by the words his parents taught him, no one is better than you, Joe. But you are better than nobody. Huh. Joe's better than nobody. Well, I know that. But Joe doesn't think that. See, because I seem to remember when they were talking about integrating schools and talking about that in Congress and Joe Biden saying, I don't want my kids drunk growing up in a racial jungle. All right. So he obviously did think he and his kids were better than other people's. So, hmm. Goes on. Uh, for eight years now, Joe was uh, the last one in the room whenever I faced a big decision. He made me a better president. And he's got the character and the experience to make us a better country. Really? Uh, Joe Biden was against taking out bin Laden. Um, so did he help you with that decision? or Because I remember you taking him out, allegedly. Anyways. Um, all right, we can continue. Um, Joe and Kamala will get us through this uh, pandemic. Uh, like Joe did when he helped me manage H1N1. And prevent the Ebola outbreak from reaching our shores. Uh, you know, H1M1 was kind of a disaster. Um, uh, you know, 60 million people infected. We didn't really lock down or anything. Uh, you waited over a half year to um, declare a national emergency. Thousands of people died. I don't know. I don't, I don't think you handle that well. Um, and then the Ebola outbreak, I, that's just ridiculous. It's not comparable. First of all, it never reached the United States. All right. Stopped when it was in Africa. And Ebola is not transmitted anything close to hell. This is transmitted. Continue. Um, they'll expand health care to more Americans. Yeah, Obama. And uh, million, tens of millions of people who aren't citizens, too. They don't have to pay for health care. Americans will foot that bill, too. Um, like Joe and I did 10 years ago when he helped me craft the Affordable Care Act. And nailed down the votes to make it law. But you didn't really get enough votes to make it law. You just did it anyways. It got, I think it was 59 votes in the Senate. You, you need 60. Technic you got it passed on a technicality, I guess. I, I don't know. Not not many people are in favor of it. Um, it's it's bankrupt. Um, you know, it's costing us tons of money. Little rescue of the economy, like Joe helped me do after the Great Recession. Eh, he says he's going to raise taxes, raise corporate taxes. Now, tell me if he does that, why like companies would like move here? Doesn't make sense at all. Um, 
but I don't know. Maybe we'll get a chance to see. I don't see it happening. Uh, let's go on. Um, Joe and Kamala will restore our standing in the world. Now, hearing this guy talk about our standing in the world, okay? Now, this is a guy who fought, who went into Libya, a war in Libya, right? With no congressional approval, and he's talking about our standing in the world, all right? It's kind of nauseating, um, but, you know, so right now we're seeing a trend, and Barack Hussein Obama's very much a liar here. Um, probably should not be speaking at a convention. He should probably be under criminal investigation for spying on the Trump campaign. He's talking like his head is up high, but I don't know, whatever, I, I uh, Donald Trump Jr. tweeted during the speech, hearing this guy who spied on the Trump administration that would replace him talk about our democracy and the values that he broke. Obama broke them after a 240-year tradition of a peaceful transition of power, right? And uh, to hear him talk is, is nauseating, all right? Um Yep, so moving on. Um, but more than anything, what I know about Joe and Kamala is they actually care about every American. Eh. You know, Kamala Harris did say, you know, Trump, about Trump, his, his supporters will feel the vengeance of a nation. Now, I took that as a threat. Uh, other people did too. Uh, and I don't feel like sh they care about me, okay? Uh, but you know, it could be uh, could be hallucinating. Uh, blah blah blah. They believe that no one, including the president, is above the law, and that no public official, including the president, should use their office to enrich themselves and their supporters. Uh, nobody's above the law. Nobody's above the law. Hmm. Huh. That's ironic. Yeah. Comey, he's a real patriot. Yeah. Obama, peaceful transition of power. Uh, spying on the Trump campaign. Joe Biden's name requesting unmasking of Michael Flynn. Doesn't doesn't really sound like legal stuff, but uh, you know, I think I thought they believe they're above the law. I think they believe they're above the law. So the ir irony in that overwhelming um they understand that in this democracy again fallacy all right the commander-in-chief doesn't use the men and women of our military who are willing to risk everything to protect our nation as political props to deploy against peaceful protesters on our own on our own soil hmm uh one Who's using in like Portland or not military? Um, two. Obama's Obama started and fought wars in other countries that most Americans couldn't point to on a map uh, for no reason. He's putting our boys and girls overseas at risk. Not not Trump. Okay, Trump's brokering peace. Uh, we got the Kurdish and the Turkish. Nobody ever thought they'd come. To, to peace and Trump brokered that Trump brokered Israel UAE 
Okay, Trump denuclearized North Korea. Trump got us out of the Iran deal. All right. Look at they this stuff's mind-boggling how he's saying this. All right. And I don't think he believes it. Uh but here's the thing. No single American can fix this country alone. That's what he said about manufacturing jobs. Remember, he said um, manufacturing jobs are never coming back. Don't believe Trump. Eh, they're kind of back. But uh, now he's saying nobody can, no single American can fix those problems. Uh, maybe. Give, Got to give Trump a chance, I think. Look, I understand why many Americans are down on government. The way the rules have been set up and abusing Congress, it makes them easy for special interests to stop progress. You don't say, Barack. <laughs> the irony there, again, I don't know, he's just feeding the crowd a bunch of crap. And there wasn't any crowd. But he's just feeding the people a bunch of crap, and he knows it. All right? Understand why a new immigrant may look around this country and wonder whether there's still a place for him here. <sighs> if they're legal, they know there's a place for them here. All right? That's one of the beauty uh, beauties about this country. All right? We're going to move on. Um, well, here's the point. This president and those in power, those who benefit from keeping things the way they are, they're counting on your cynicism. They know they can't win. You over with their policies. What exactly are Joe's policies? Uh, I think I went through some of them in uh, last at the end of the last episode. Uh, no restrictions on abortion, gun control, and get rid of your Second Amendment. Uh, AR-15s out of the people's hands, and cash bail. Get rid of mandatory minimum sentences. See, see, and I think I think the women vote is going to be important. In, tw- in the 2020 election, I think Donald Trump should come out and say, I'm going to establish minimum uh, uh, minimum sentences for certain types of crime. The first one, rape. He should he should say, hey, minimum years, minimum 25, 30 years of prison time if you're a rapist, if you're convicted of rape. All right. The average rapist right now serves five years. That's a result of Democrat policy. I think he should for issues people care about. I think he should come out with very high minimum sentences, right? Um, he, he wants to raise the minimum wage. He wants free college, carbon emissions tax, raise taxes, weapon registry, Medicare for all, uh, keep troops deployed, increase defense spending, which Trump's going to do too, but he doesn't want troops overseas. He just wants us to be stronger as a military um, and not to worry about China. Those are Joe's beliefs. Um, the only thing Joe will effectively do is raise your taxes. I mean, he's, he's, he's abolishing everything except for your taxes. You can bet they're going to go up. All right. All right. Um, there's pretty much it. One more thing. This administration has shown it will tear our democracy down if that's what it takes to win. Okay. Again, Russiagate, transition power irony all right uh see now i don't believe that obama like believes this stuff um i think he probably got to the uh after he said that he was probably like to his team oh well how the hell how the hell do they believe that 
They really believe that? You know, they, I, he knows he's lying to them. But that's like when you're trying to destroy a nation, you can't act like you hate the nation, right? You have to, you have to act like you care about it, okay? Hug the flag, you know, that, that type of stuff. AOC is not very good at that. That's We now see why they gave her 60 seconds. I mean, she talked for 60, 90 some seconds, right? And uh, I've never seen such disdain for such a great country. I mean, I mean, like, uh, Al-Assad doesn't hate the West that much. All right. And, and she, and she, she was like Vladimir Lenin in like 90 seconds. It was, it was very impressive, but you can't win an election like that. You can't win an election by saying how much you hate the country. All right. And I think that's what Obama's trying to send a message to the democratic party here and be like, guys, we gotta, we're going to lose if we don't, if we don't start acting like, um, like we like this country. I mean, it's, but they know it. Um, Kamala Harris, uh, wasn't very entertaining of a speech. I didn't really care much. The, the one thing she said that I do want to, um, bring your attention to is that she said about Trump, she's talking about Trump, but she said, quote, I know a predator when I see one. Uh, what about Tara Reid? Does she know a predator when she sees one? You used to believe her, Kamala. So, I don't know. I, I, the, it was kind of nauseating to watch the, all those speeches. Uh, but um, it is what it is. All right, we'll see you on Monday. We're going to talk about uh, the Trump campaign. Trump's entering what I, I like to call Trump mode. All right, he's done today in Old Forge was his fourth rally in three days. He's getting into Trump mode, all right, victory formation, all right, where he's going to go. I mean, this guy gets around the country faster than I get out of bed, all right, and he'll, he's going to campaign Biden up the ass. He knows he knows he's going to destroy Biden on the in the in the um, debates. Uh, he needs to insist that they're in person, but other than that, I think that's that's bagged. Um, that's that. Uh, so we'll see you on Monday. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Biden's speech and we're going to talk about the RNC, which starts next Monday. All right. Uh, take care and, uh, defend your rights.